Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 25th. It's six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm glad that tickled you and that well, made you smile. It's just funny when old... It's ridiculous, it's right? Just, well, it's funny when old people do old people things. And I... Look, your, your husband is one of the coolest guys I know. And so I never think of him as being an older person. But that was a total old person mm-hmm, move mm-hmm. to quote the price of something, how it was... When you were Young. in that moment in time, <laughs> and act as though that is still still the still price relevant. And then when I question him, and it's not even like he doesn't have to look at the price of something from when he was that right. age, but it's like even the price has changed in the past two to three years on stuff. So, so you're just to fill everybody in. So your daughter is about to graduate college. She's mm-hmm. uh, very smart individual she will likely get many many job offers fingers and crossed she's looking at some potential areas across the fruited plain mm-hmm. that she might be interested in going to and so she was asking your husband yeah what, what like what is the what is the going like how much should I budget what do you think an apartment might cost and how much did he think an apartment was? I don't even want to say. It's almost embarrassing. He's probably listening right now, too. We love you, Jim, but this is crazy. Now, this keep is in mind, she'll, she'll have a roommate, Yeah. but he's advising her 25% of her budget should go to okay. rent. And I, I asked him, he said, well, that's what the financial advisors right. say. And I said, still... Still today, 2024, 25%. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still saying that's it. So if, you know, she makes 40 grand a year starting out, 25%, that's about $700, 800 $700 a month. So I pull up apartments.com last night, of course, in the middle of the night when I can't sleep because my wheels are spinning about this. This is a major metropolitan area she's looking at moving to. He's by the way, off right? by about $1,000. <laughs> Yes, of course he is. Like, oh no! So, whoo, we're gonna have to do some recalculating well, on that one. So that—that's what's interesting is, and we laugh about all of this, but it, for someone in your daughter's position, yeah, and and you know, we've had this conversation with Kev because mm-hmm. Kev's a little older than your daughter, but kind of in the same. I'm a young, up and coming mm-hmm. professional. Mm-hmm. We are people who want to work. We want to engage in the capitalistic society. We yep. don't want to be freeloaders. <laughs> and yet, because our government is so bad and everything is so expensive now and nobody's doing anything to stop it, mm-hmm. it makes it very hard for young people who don't want to be freeloaders, who want to be independent, who want to have their own existence, who want to do everything we say society should be wanting to do. Mm-hmm. It makes them very, very hard for them to actually do that. Yes, and she's very nervous about it because she knows that that's the case. And especially in the past couple of years, how much rent has raised. The cost for everything, and it's not even just the rent. I mean, the energy bill is going to be higher. Her yes. food prices. And so I'm sitting there calculating... What I can do as her parent, 
to help her out. I mean, she doesn't want to continue to live with mom right. and dad for the rest of her life. So what can I Here, do? I mean, here's a, here's a, well, here's the thing you got to do, Kate. And by the way, the roommate <laughs> thing in a foreign land uh-huh. is a bad idea. Well, she she knows the roommate. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, what if she got stuck with like Casey Anthony or somebody like that? You <laughs> no, don't no, know, no. right? No, this is someone who's who's been you know vested already. I, so you know, I have never. <laughs> Other than someone I was engaging in interpersonal relations with, ever had mm-hmm. a roommate? Ever, like I never, I never had uh, like a roommate. Mm-hmm. Roommate. And well, and look at had, how happy I am. Well, and you know, and alive I am. Look at how alive con- I am. That conversation has already taken place. Like you know, okay, so is, is she a neat freak, kind of like you? You know, you right. like certain foods. That's a horror. That's a horrible. You idea. know, like the cleanliness level has to be comparable, and the sure. social going out level and responsibility yeah. level, all of those things when you're considering a roommate. But today. I don't even know if someone just graduating from college, starting out, could do it on their own. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's just, <laughs> could you turn your phone off? Yeah, I mean, I, I I just, we are trying to do a radio show here. <laughs> How about a little professionalism, lady? I keep forgetting to uh, do well, that. Every day now with you, and this never happened before. Are you also slipping? <laughs> because this never used to happen with you, and every day now I hear the, the but the, I just, it was funny because that's what he thought, uh, the price price of rent was but i just thought this is a great lesson where it's like your daughter's gonna have a great degree from purdue she's a very professional person many many people would love to have her as an employee and these are the things you're looking at how even with the roommate can i afford life exactly that's what she's got to consider and there are plenty of people out there going through the same exact thing right now kev you have like nine roommates right you have (laughs) that's how he can Uh, afford to live at one point when i was over in germany i had uh four roommates didn't you live in a house recently and you had like four or five I people? I had two roommates. The mold house. Now I've got one roommate. Okay. So, so you I'm, have... really, I'm really moving up. <laughs> You're trying to break free. <laughs> True story, Casey. And this mm-hmm. makes me want to puke now when I think about this. I, uh, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, an elected person, mm-hmm. I lived in a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And now again, this was by no means, I mean, this was not, uh, you know, elegance at its finest but it was in brownsburg a two-bedroom apartment and the crazy thing was the people who owned the apartment it was it was three doubles it wasn't even an apartment it was three i've also actually never lived in an apartment i've always lived in condos or doubles or whatever but i lived in uh, these doubles and like i am sick to my stomach now about thinking how good i had it so (laughs) i rented this apartment Mm -hmm. and the landlords lived in the middle double and then they rented the other two out. Well, they went to, they were older people. So they went to South Carolina in the winter and they did that for the first year. And then the second year they went and they just never came back. Oh. And their son yeah. lived in town and he was sort of like the de facto landlord. Mm-hmm. Well, these people clearly didn't need the money and he didn't want to have to do any work. So as people began to move out, he just didn't replace them with tenants because he don't have to do work of souping up the, you know, cleaning, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so by by my third year there, and I was surrounded by two large churches, so 95% of the time they were empty. Yeah. Like I had a legitimate city block to myself, Casey. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was yards and all the all the other apartments were empty and I had no neighbor and I was paying 625 a oh. month because he was also, he didn't want me to move out because then he was actually gonna have to do something. So he just never raised my rent for four years. They never raised my Can rent. Can you tell me what year this was? This would have been like 2010 to 2014. So and 15 years ago. 
Yeah. Do you hear that, Jim? <laughs> 15 years ago. That's the rent that and, he was paying. And here is the mistake. That, well, it's not a mistake because I got my <laughs> bulldog Bruce out of it. And so Bruce is a fabulous, fine young man and has been a great companion and friend over the years. But the woman I was living with at the time said, you have wanted an English bulldog for a, for a long time. And I said, they're not going to let us have an English bulldog here. And she said, it doesn't matter. You have to get this dog because you've wanted another one of these dogs for a long time and you should totally get the dog. And so I got the dog. Mm-hmm. And when I got the dog, I had to move out of the apartment. And the place I, I you know, had to, I moved to into a house and it was like 1400 a month. Doubled your rent. And I, every day I'd look at that dog and go, You're welcome. do you know how much money <laughs> exactly. you're costing me? Exactly. I hope you have a good life, buddy. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's another thing that I have to consider um, is the safety of the neighborhoods. Yeah. uh, You have no idea. Well, we're talking about uh, young 20-something female. Like, I gotta make sure that this is a safe neighborhood. You look at the crappy neighborhood you chose for yourself. So I'm like, oh, this all the research that is going into this. So it's gonna be a wild ride, isn't it? Yeah, the city you were looking at is Mm -hmm. known for its crime, right? (laughs) Well, aren't they all right now? There was literally the city you're looking at Mm -hmm. It's not me looking at it. She's she's looking at She's looking at moving to. Mm -hmm. There was literally one one of the most famous cop dramas Mm -hmm. took place. Their homicide, Mm -hmm. Life on the Streets, Mm -hmm. literally took place (laughs) in said city that she's looking at moving to. Every day in 2024 has to be a lesson. Every single day. What a great way to start the show. And Jim, (laughs) I love you, Jim. You're phenomenal. But you you need to rethink this. You are living in the 80s, brother. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey. The 80s called they want their rent back. (laughs) It's WIBC. Governors from across the U.S. are voicing their support for Texas Governor Greg Abbott. It is 20 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ron DeSantis vowed to keep assisting Texas with personnel and assets as the crisis continues. Christy Nome accused Biden of dereliction of duty and the governor from Oklahoma has declared that his state stands with Texas. And this after the governor of Texas released a statement outlining states' rights to constitutional self-defense when dealing with a, quote, lawless president. Yeah, it really is unprecedented time in the sense you have the federal government who is pretty openly just letting the world know we have no interest in defending our borders. We are completely invested in mass, large-scale, illegal immigration into this country. And it has kind of been left to the states. And it is, based on this most recent Supreme Court ruling, very hard to Mm -hmm. even defend your own border, even if you want to. And so a lot of these Republican governors are now lining up behind Abbott, you know, who hasn't lined up behind Abbott yet. Eric Holcomb. Yeah, boy, old uh, high tax there. No, no word from him. He's probably got to ask his World Economic Forum friends if he's allowed to have an opinion on this Mm -hmm. or not. Uh, As usual, he's leading from the back. But at least some people in this country actually care about American sovereignty and American borders and ensuring that we know who's coming into the country. This is entering a crisis point. We talked about how yesterday there's polling out that shows the border is now eclipsing inflation as the number one priority. Mm-hmm. And Biden is, but look, Biden is crippled on this. Not not that Biden even knows where, he, where he's at or what he's doing anyway, but it, it, the people who are telling Biden as before they wind him up and send him out there what to do are crippled on this because they know what a hot button issue this is. They know how they're seen as total failures on the issue. But the big plan, the part of the plan, 
one of the most important part, important parts of the plan in order to fundamentally change America is get as many of these people in this country as possible. So they're really stuck. Yep. Uh, so Abbott declared that his state is under invasion. He was citing Biden's failures, the six million immigrants that have come into the country illegally over the past three years. And he said that Texas has a constitutional right to self-defense. The Texas National Guard reinforcing the uh, border along the Rio Grande and Eagle Pass. So, I mean, what's Biden going to do? Send in the National Guard and forcibly open the border you've got this border bill that's been dragging on for months months and months and still there's no deal and i had this argument last night marco rubio says exactly what i believe the democrats are trying to do and that is that biden is now going to turn around and say well i tried this is all Biden wants. He wants to reach a bipartisan deal with Republicans in the Senate, you know, then have the House not pass it. And then he can go around saying, look, we tried. The crazy Republican MAGA people in the House wouldn't do it. So if now they own the border crisis. Yeah, he's right. Um, I love that you went from, I assume this is a conversation you had with your husband, because you said you were having this conversation mm-hmm. unless you were just out carousing around at various <laughs> just local drinks. Strangers. So, hey, let's talk about so the border. You, so you went from his ridiculous rent evaluation to mm-hmm. to this or we're slowly putting together casey's evening last night uh, you did ask me what i did yes, last night yeah, yeah i'm gonna get the truth out of you one way or this, another this but it, it, it is interesting there's nothing that needs to be done enforce the laws that are on the books we don't need a new immigration deal we don't need some super new uh, to uh, idea or to reinvent the wheel simply enforce the laws that are on the books the problem is the president and the democrats refuse to enforce the laws that are on the books if they did their job this would not be a problem the same way as trump did his job and there was one-tenth the amount of illegal immigrants entering the country in in trump's early years as there was Biden's most most recent year. It is simply the refusal. There doesn't need to be a compromise. It doesn't need to be a new plan. Just enforce the laws that are on the books. So there's a growing chorus of Democrats that are calling on Joe Biden to seize control of the Texas National Guard and I don't seize know. control. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> That's the Beta O'Rourke. Sounds but, very I mean, insurrectiony to me. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Um, and Beta O'Rourke trying to get his voice in there, like anybody really cares. <laughs> there's a congressman in Texas who's introduced this new bill. It's being nicknamed the Stop Act, and it's to authorize Texas to uh, enforce their southern border and then be reimbursed for it from the federal government for doing so. But did you see the exchange between Martha McCollum of Fox News and uh, John Kirby? She was asking him about the southern border, and it got a little heated. Listen to this. They're moving yeah. along well, and we're negotiating no, in not. good I mean, faith. they're not. I, I mean, they're not, is what we're hearing, that, that they're, they're not really moving along well. And, you know, you say that he's been concerned about it for three years, but that's failing, obviously. Because when you have well, look, record think, numbers think, of people coming in, that means the policy is failing. So why not change gears I and think, try to do something that works? I think it's important to put this in context, too, Martha. You're seeing, as you rightly said, record numbers of people. And it's not just the United States that are facing that pressure. Some, uh, Lots of countries in the hemisphere, including Mexico, is facing a lot of pressure at their own southern border. I mean, there are more people on the move in this hemisphere right now than there has been since World War II. And it's a lot John, of reasons for forcing Do we have a southern border? Do we have a what? Do we have a southern border? Yes, ma'am. Of course we do. Then how come people can flow across it every single day? We Hundreds and thousands very... of people over the... 300,000 people in December. 
We're working very hard to try to fix that, Martha. That's why we need congressional action. That's why the president asked for additional funding, more than you know, $6 billion in the supplemental to try to get border security enhanced. I mean, I think we, I, you and I are obviously not going to see uh, the, the policy solutions the same way, and I respect Well, I'm just that. looking for but results. Idea, I'm saying if, if idea, you're concerned about the number of people crossing, you're not getting results. The idea so at some point you have to say we got to do something different. He keeps saying we're working very hard on it, and they keep pushing that supplemental bill, uh, which has money to Ukraine in it, too. Just prioritize our border. Well, and supposedly, I was reading something yesterday, and you know, who knows what's actually true, but apparently McConnell now has uh, recognized what a political win this is for the Republicans, especially Trump. And now apparently McConnell is saying, hey, we're not going to support the Ukraine money being in that bill either which just shows, if that's true, what a bunch of phony, baloney, bullcrappers those guys are because just, what, a year and a, 14 months ago, they did this massive, ridiculous spending bill, and they came out and said, well, we did it because Ukraine money's in there, and that's the most important thing to Senate Republicans. Mm-hmm. So if the Republicans don't need to do it, don't do a deal. Tell Biden to enforce the laws. There's, you don't need more money. You don't need more people. You just need Biden to enforce the laws. And isn't it interesting that McConnell changes his tune as soon as polling shows that this is the top concern of America? These people are all mm, the same, weird. Casey. Hey, Jim Merritt is going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and look who it is. Oh, my goodness. 30 years in the Indiana Senate, once one of the most beloved figures in all of Indiana politics and government, and he traded it all in to be friends with us, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. <laughs> Robert, I always laugh at that. Um, well, I mean, it is the truth. Yes, truth. I mean, no question you, about it. I mean, this is the thing I always say about Jim. You hear all the time. How can you and Jim Merritt be such good friends? He's so establishment <laughs> I said, that guy threw away his entire life for me. And the people at the grocery store say, how do you keep control of that Rob Kendall? <laughs> hey, so you know all these political people, and you're the perfect guy to have this conversation with. Uh, yesterday, I think, was a total embarrassment for uh, several of the people running for governor on the Republican side because somehow Braun... And Silent Suzanne and Doden got in some sort of Twitter spat with each other. Not over, hey, how are we going to fix property taxes or what are we going to do about this gas tax or the billion-dollar Medicaid error or this disaster with FSSA and and not paying parents to take care of disabled um, dependents. No, they got in a fight over who supports Trump the most. Misspent Twitter time. It's just incredible where these candidates who are kind of the the also runs to Senator Braun now and they have they've spent all this money and they've been ever to every meeting and they have moved moved the needle according to polls. And I know those polls are right. And so the opportunity and they seem right. Like if you because nobody's paying attention yet. If you I, it seems like Braun would be de facto have the biggest lead. Right. And 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 right now no one's doing anything to create create attention. They're going after the Trump vote. But the bottom line here is public policy, do something different. It would have been really interesting for uh, Lieutenant Governor Crouch to come out and be for Nikki. Uh, be different. Yeah. And, and you know, these two uh, pioneer uh, females running for an office that a female has never won and served in. And so it was a missed opportunity for that. 
And and we know that Braun is probably cornered the the Trump vote because of his early endorsement, and Trump likes him, and they've worked together in previous times. And so, missed opportunity to to get out of the, the you know the gathering of the also rands, and uh, and 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 they're they really haven't put their fingerprint their 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 footprint into the race because nobody knows who they are. I mean, like it's like. Suzanne comes out after the New Hampshire primary and endorses Trump. Yeah. Well, to steal a line from Die Hard, welcome to the party, pal. Nobody believes you're some big Trump supporter, Suzanne, and it feeds the narrative. Just like nobody believes she actually wants to make cuts to government necessary to get rid of the income tax. And it's just like you're just doing this to check a box. Yeah, and nobody's laid a hand on Senator Braun yet. Yeah. And and, and, and I don't I don't know. The, the time is starting to flee, be fleeting. Yeah. And, and it's time to... Uh, as you as you say in a in a uh, auto race, it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to put it put it in fifth gear and run and run harder than you ever have. And and this is just a missed opportunity because uh, you've every minute that you're running for governor is like the grains of sand. Yeah, and you've got to do something different. And none of these people are right now. Yeah, Jim Merritt's our guest. We're talking about this just bizarre Twitter spat yesterday between several of the uh, candidates for governor on the Republican side about who's the biggest Trump supporter. It's like Suzanne puts out this disingenuous endorsement and then Braun responds something like, oh, I endorsed him a long time ago and he endorsed me. And then Doden gets in and goes, well, I voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. No kidding, idiot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like this is what you guys are spending your time and, on and, and as well as we really in all my uh, i've been stuffing envelopes since 1975 rarely if ever this goes back to doc bowen endorsing people and he was the gold standard and it didn't carry rarely endorsements carry any weight with the public and, is, isn't it okay because you you know all of these people individually yeah it's so odd to me that even if you believe, like, uh, to me, Braun has a made-for issue where you could just use him like a punching bag, and that is his final year in the Indiana General Assembly, he voted for 40 tax plus tax increases, including largest tax increase in the state uh, state history, a a the gas tax. And yet nobody, like, even if you believed it was great, you're trying to win the election, how are you not just running ads left and right calling Mike Braun a taxer and a spender? I just I don't understand why these people keep giving him a free pass. Well, not only that, his career as a U.S. senator, he hasn't he's only been there for a minute. Yeah. Only one term. And 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 asking exactly what he did. But but I think more so than anything, if you're running for governor, you know, we talked about this and I got bored talking about this in July about introducing yourself to the public and 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 who you are and and the biography and everything back then if you recall i wanted to know what you're going to do for the state of indiana and most people said oh people aren't paying attention well i'm not sure when people are going to pay attention right. to this race right i mean it's gotten kind of boring it and, is. And, and i'm not paying attention there's to it right five now. boring people yeah running for governor and, and you know remember when we were back in may we were talking about you know, there's going to be more candidates, yeah. and this is going to be exciting to talk about. They really, they really are are vanilla. They all can be put in the same corner, and um, and it's it's disappointing because this is 
such an opportunity for an individual coming in uh, to talk about what they're going to do in the future, how they're going to uh, uh, help Johnny Reed, how they're going to, if there's another crisis like a pandemic, how they're going to keep us protected. I love that you gave Johnny a last name. That's strong. Johnny Reed. <laughs> Johnny Reed. I love that. Yeah. And and it, it, it's true. Why not speak about the issues of the day rather than if you like Donald Trump or not? Okay, so I got a, a Jim Merritt's our guest. Um, we covered this yesterday. These, uh, these people in the General Assembly are gross because they have now passed, the Senate passed, finally, four years later, some sort of restriction on the governor's emergency declaration. And now the, you were gone by the time that they would have come back in 2021 to be able to do that. So I blame you for many things, but this is not one of them. <laughs> um, but it's like you're saying, you guys were so afraid of Holcomb that for four years you did everything not to touch this. And now that he's on his way out the door and a new governor's coming in, well, now everybody's a tough guy. And they're just so blatantly obvious about it why are all these people so afraid of holcomb well you know it's it's kind of interesting the republican party it fights itself because uh if if somebody steps out and challenges the status quo or the establishment uh everybody says well you know that's you know the republicans kill themselves again the democrats are always in lockstep together but it seems like the De republican party always implodes we fight that issue or that feeling uh but but i've been saying this for so long executive orders we gave uh the legislature gave governor mitch daniels the keys to the car to guide state government while we weren't in session when the great recession came along and and the keys we reaffirmed that uh back with when governor holcomb uh i i think it was maybe even to as late as 2020 to have the executive orders to run government. And and I just wish that early on, it, it, when the pandemic started to wane, that the legislature got back into the game, kind of eliminated, eliminated at least the time of these executive orders. And my idea was, if you could have an executive order, it would last for 30 days. If that executive order was repeated over three, over three times, 90 days was enough for the governor to run the government in emergency. And after the 90 days, he, he or she uh, was obligated to bring the, session, bring the General Assembly back into special session. They could have done this three years ago. Absolutely. Why are they so afraid of Holcomb? I mean, I look at this guy and it's like, what what is it about? Does he have a dirt file on everyone? Does he just keep naked pictures of everybody? I'd be like, what? Like what? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me, Jim. Well, it doesn't make sense to me either. Although the legis the the governor could veto this, and and they'd have to override the veto, and then everybody's saying, you know, why aren't you dealing with more important things than 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 uh, tussling about who's got the power? And I've always said that. Let's, as you know, to override a veto is just a yeah, it's majority. Just, just a majority. The the trade would be in a constitutional amendment because you'd have to do it that way. That the governor it'd be a two thirds majority of veto over the governor. In exchange, uh, the the executive order um, uh, power that he's got would be curtailed, be trimmed, and I think that would kind of bring balance back to the governor. And, and the two 
two out of the three uh, limbs of, of state government. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. At Jim underscore Merritt, or as Jim says, Jim underline Merritt. Uh, also, the very fabulous Merritt in the Morning uh, podcast at the Cafe Audrey. You can find that on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Merritt in the Morning. You, sir, are a national treasure. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Robert. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. So long ago, I don't remember. Ten minutes in front of ten with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And a Taco Bell receipt from 2012 has gone viral as the younger set can't believe how cheap the prices were for two beefy five-layer burritos, which cost $2.59 back in 2012. Yeah. And uh, the price, if you were to go order those two items today from Taco Bell, would cost you $7.40. This is so interesting because on the Facebook, they have the uh, memories tab where mm-hmm. you can pull them up and see whatever thing you posted or were tagged in or whatever on this day. And there was a post that I had made. I think it was from 2012 and it was the McDonald's pick two. And I was bitching because the sign was also in Spanish. So I was, <laughs> I was talking about, I was talking about how the country was being overrun with illegal immigrants. And if we didn't do something, it was going to get very bad. Least favorite part of the show, Casey. How prophetic of you. Boy, you howdy. were right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was the pick two and it was, you know, like two, two McChickens mm-hmm. or a fry and a McChicken. <laughs> and it was $2. And now I think that same thing, and I think you get less than you got then, was is like three twenty nine now. Mm-hmm. And people might go, "Well, it's only a dollar twenty nine. That's on something small." Mm-hmm. You were just at McDonald's last night. Did you notice the menu prices going up? Oh yeah, up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, the uh, I uh, I very rarely eat anywhere if I don't have a coupon. My new favorite thing is the Subway coupons just came in the mail. I get one of those guides or whatever they're called, and there's all sorts of Subway coupons. Mm -hmm. And the people at the local Subway in Brownsburg always give me this look of disdain when I use the coupon uh, because, I don't know, maybe they don't get reimbursed for it or I don't know, whatever. It's like, you people send this stuff out. What do you want me to do? I'm going to use the coupon. Mm -hmm. And they always try to convince me it's not going to work. And I'm like, that's expired. I'm in here all, they're like, the sub isn't covered under that. Guys, I am in here all the time when these coupons come in, because not only do I keep mine, my dad keeps his, and my wife's grandmother keeps hers. So <laughs> I know what subs are co- covered mm-hmm. under these coupons. But even then, a large sub, remember it used to be $5, $5 mm-hmm. foot long. Well, now even with the coupon, it's like six ninety nine for the sub I get. And I looked at the price history of what it would be if you just bought the sub. twelve oh nine, Casey. Wow, that's a lot. I can see why they're pissed off at me now that i use this coupon but hey Mm -hmm. you guys send me the coupons i'm gonna use them i'm not the bad guy in this equation so there's this big mac index and it's a way to see how much prices have increased over the years and since 2012 big macs have become 54 percent more expensive but food prices alone have risen 33 percent since 2021 so you can see 20% of that has come just in the past three years. Well, and so that's the thing. There's a game of reasonable expectations as it relates to inflation. But we had had talked about at the time for years. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like 20 years 
the large soda at McDonald's because McDonald's has the best soda. I don't know whether it's the carbonation or the mm -hmm. syrup or what, but if you get a Coke, the McDonald's Coke, Diet Coke, whatever, are better there, way better there than anywhere else. It was a dollar, and that was the deal. That was a marketing plan around that. You can get a large drink with unlimited refills for a dollar at McDonald's. Well, now it's, uh, what is it? I think it's a dollar twenty-nine or something like that. So, I mean, everything has gotten so expensive that even the staples that a store once kind of based an entire marketing plan around, those price levels are are unsustainable. I don't even go to the fast food anymore because it's so expensive. I think about, like, if I'm going to go to Taco Bell at this point, yeah. it's going to cost me $20. Uh, so I will only generally eat fast food with coupons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, thankfully, Arby's sends out on the regular, <laughs> Subway sends out on the regular. And then other than that, I generally just eat the... Uh, no doubt, incredibly healthy food, frozen food that we get from Costco. Of course, it's so healthy, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Hey, one thing that I wanted to mention, we talked about this yesterday, and it is involving the Arizona Republican Party chairperson, Jeff DeWitt. You know, that audio leaked of him having a conversation with Carrie Lake, yes. where they were more or less trying to bribe her not to run for Senate. They yeah. offered her a high-paying job, and then at one point during the conversation, they just turned around and offered her uh, loads of money well that guy resigned within 24 hours yeah and he was trying to put some of it back on her basically saying well maybe she manipulated the audio mm -hmm. or she could have or she might or whatever I, it's the whole thing is just gross carrie lake has boss lady vibes and why would you test her of all people you know what other vibes she has? What? Can't get elected vibes. <laughs> You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.